And he really does, and he is the guru of tech and everything in and around it. Uh, he is uh, Chris Coluccio, and of course, his great company is TechWorks Consulting, MakeTechWork.com. Any questions, uh, 285-1527-631, uh, 285 uh, Good friend of the show as well, Mr. Christopher Coluccio. Uh, nice enough to join us here on a Tuesday in early December. It is great having you, my friend. How was Thanksgiving? Good morning. It's Thanksgiving is always nice for me because I don't have to host it. So I get to go to my <laughs> uncle's house in Queens, and all I got to do is drive. So There you go. Always nice. There you go. Uh, things going well. I tell you, I learned yesterday, yesterday, mind you, a day prior to you coming on, that you are leading the way, transition team and everything else, uh, with Mr. Ed Romaine as he's about to take the reins of the Suffolk County Executive's Post. Chris, that's a great job and a great selection. Uh, couldn't be more, couldn't be happier uh, for you. And they couldn't have a better person in you to kind of lead that charge. How did that come about? Go ahead. Well, I wouldn't say that I'm leading the way, but I'm certainly out there helping uh, Ed and his team. I want to see Suffolk County uh, succeed, um, certainly, you know, with what's been going on recently. recently. So, um, you know, Ed and I uh, had just sparked up a conversation. We have some uh, unfortunate tragedies in common, and uh, no. we've just became friends over the last few years. And, uh, um, you know, I'm, I'm happy that uh, he has some faith in me to help out with uh, with his transition. And, you know, I think we, we both have the same kind of um, goals in mind that Suffolk County should have the best IT uh, of any county in New York State. And, um, you know, hopefully I can help them out with that. No question about it. Um, you know, speaking of what was what is going on, I know Ed sent a letter. He needs some, he needs some answers here. Uh, as far as uh, you know, what's going on in the in the latest of situations? So when he sends a letter uh, to the chief uh, security officer, right? Uh, yeah, you know he'd like some answers, especially with this latest situation of uh, this uh, computer security application that Suffolk installed, I guess, last year uh, to protect its systems in the wake of the attacks of September 8, 2022. Uh, and, uh, and now itself has been the subject of a, of a data breach, if you can believe it. Uh, and it led the county uh, to alert, uh, I guess, various administrators to potential, the potential uh, new attacks here. When you heard about this, Give me the uh, Coluccio reaction. Yeah, I mean, you know, a recent. <laughs> I mean, this is, I, I guess, the you know, um, trying to put this in the nicest words possible. This is just not acceptable um, when you have somebody in the role of a CISO uh, whose role is designed to, you know, let us know that you know the CISO role for any company is really designed to set the standards for your security and your technology. Yep. Um, but they also kind of have to be public about that stuff. They got to let people know what's going on in the front, and that they're they got to be a little bit of a leader. And, and that's just, I guess, that's what we haven't seen from from this uh, from you know the CISO that's taking over. And we were hoping to kind of you know get some ideas and some answers as to um, you know what's been done in the county so far. And then all of a sudden, you get this hack from from Okta, who is uh, you know it's a, it's a relatively good piece of software. It's not one that we use in TechWorks because they've had some other problems in the past, but Okta is this password management software that, uh, you know, does this thing called two-factor authentication, 
And that two-factor authentication piece, the thing about it is, is that, you know, it's also holding people's passwords and stuff like that, and that gets breached. Um, that's a big challenge because, you know, you, you have a lot of information in there that, um, you know, potentially also gets out. And it just seems to be this kind of like one problem after another after another. And that's, you know, that's just not a good sign no. that they're moving in the right direction. You know, Chris, I, what, one of my questions, uh, have we not learned anything from September 8th, 2022? Uh, I would want to know, uh, what's the plan? Has it been updated yeah. since the breach? The answer, Has this the administration answer, done a damn thing? That's what I would want to know. The answer to that is we don't know, right? We don't know what, because that's part of the problem. Generally, when these kind of things, excuse me, uh, generally, when these kind of... It's, it sounds like Ballone was listening here and uh, interrupted Coluccio's phone line. I'm just guessing. Uh, but in any event, uh, Chris, I think I was in the uh, in the midst of hearing your answer as far as uh, have we not learned anything from the 8th of September last year based on what happened here. Go ahead, my friend. Finish up. Well, I, I, I think the answer is, is we don't know because, yeah. you know, you hired a CISO, and that CISO's job is to set this county up for success and we haven't heard anything and i think that's why the letter was put out um because the letter you know that um that you know uh, those questions that they're being asked are questions that should be already answered you know have we done uh, penetration testing where are we at who have we kind of contracted with what's the state of the of the county's it and and you know how close are we to getting cyber insurance things like that are are really good questions um that I just, I, I've never seen this before in, in the business world. Somebody went after there's an attack of any kind of, um, you know, significance and it gets out in the media, the ability for them to kind of let us know what's going on and that, you know, there's going to be uh, some confidence that, um, you know, not just that things are going on in the background because those things have to happen and you don't necessarily need to know everything that's going on, but that somebody's at the helm and they're going to take ownership of it is just, you know, at this point, um, I think it's, you know, wait until the next administration comes in and they're going to take it seriously. Well, uh, Chris Coluccio with us. A lot of things. Obviously, you got to have a plan. You got to have a plan. It's basic common sense 101 here. Uh, you know, to make sure, I guess the first thing you have to do is get cyber insurance, right? Uh, I mean, that's the first thing. God forbid something happens again. Uh, you got some, uh, some backup here and that of insurance. Uh, that would be first and foremost, Chris. I mean, that's common sense. You know, sense. you don't get cyber you don't get cyber insurance unless you clean up your act. I mean, not right. after a breach has happened. Like, you really have to put in the effort. Um, nobody's going to, unless, unless you want to pay, you know, ridiculous amounts of money, uh, but nobody's going to put in the effort uh, or nobody's going to put in, you know, get, give you cybersecurity insurance unless you've put in the effort and you show them through things like, yeah. you know, external penetration testing, due diligences, policies and procedures, you know, all of these things that you've, that you've met, met a standard like NIST or some of these other standards, uh, until you've proven that you've done some of those things, people aren't going to pay attention to you for cyber insurance. Uh, cyber insurance isn't the end-all, be-all. Cyber insurance is something you get to cover your butt after you've done a good job with, cyber, uh, you know, with your cybersecurity and your policies and procedures in general. So getting cybersecurity is a good thing but it comes after you've put in all the effort. You just don't get it and say, I got cyber insurance and I don't have to take care of the rest of myself. It's kind of like you do it and then it's almost like a badge of honor that you have good cybersecurity. So in case something does happen, 
you know, it's like being a good driver and getting a good price on your car. You know, you don't, you, you want to do both of those things so that you get good, you know, auto insurance. So that's what you need to do with your cyber. You got to go through all these policies and procedures. And we don't know if any of that stuff has been done. So from my opinion, we're not any closer to getting cyber insurance than we were a year ago. And it's a shame because you look back on the committee that's handling, you know, the questions and subpoenas and everything else here, and you got two p two very key pieces of testimony: Judith Pascal, former clerk, and of course uh, Peter Shushler, uh, who was the IT director, who, by the way, was the scapegoat for this administration. Uh, they felt dismissing him last December was the answer. They had to come up with something based on their own ineptitude. I've said that a million times. Which, by the way, Shushla should be reinstated uh, ASAP. Uh, ASAP. He did nothing wrong. He warned the administration of what was going to happen if things were not in play, and they did. And unfortunately, uh, they used this guy as uh, the the guy that you know the spotlight should be on, saying, hey, uh, this guy was a failure. We're getting rid of him. Uh not the case. Not the case. This administration uh, lacked the proper thinking, in my estimation. Uh, I still believe. I still believe they have not corrected the problems. I'd be interested to see if Kenneth Branchick uh, answers uh, the super the uh, county executive to be uh, as far as what's going on here. Uh, I would want to know about frameworks uh, maybe the county has implemented since the breach. Uh, I want to know about that. Uh, that's very important. I want to know about technology. Uh, I want to know about security. I want to know what's going on here. Uh, what about a response plan, as mentioned? Yeah, there's a lot of things. There's no, a lot of things. See, uh, I personally believe they haven't done a darn thing. Yeah, what what you see from some of the other things that have gone on? I mean, we had you know we had a, a rat through through chew through a cable. We had E nine one one go down. Uh, we obviously had this Octa hack. What you're what you're seeing is you know um, certainly a system that is not that that doesn't have the redundancies put in place um, right now, or for some reason they haven't been tested if they were put in place. So. Um, that's just not normal behavior, right? For, for, for the amount of money, the number of people that we have inside this organization um, that are supposed to be taking care of this system, it's not normal for one cable to be tuned through, you know, for a rat to chew through one cable, which happens. I mean, so it's, sometimes people say, well, with that, you know, I've had that happen on for clients and, and you know, and some of the things that we take care of. That does happen, but you create redundancies. You have high availability. You, these outages, usually things like that, shouldn't cause you to have major outages across the entire organization. So there's a lot. Like we spent a lot of money, but it doesn't seem that we got like we got out um, what we put into it. So um, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. I, I don't know enough yet. I haven't, you know, I haven't had enough information. I we have a we have a meeting coming up uh, tomorrow to try to get some more information. Um, about what's going on in the county, and we'll see what they give us. Otherwise, I think it's really just going to be, hey, the past is the past, and let's look forward to uh, you know, trying to make everything a lot better. Um, the CISO itself, Chief Information Security Officer, um, what is the primary role of one holding that position in your estimation? 
So generally, the primary role of a CISO is usually to set the security standards for an entire organization. They're not, and I know that they're trying to give the CISO this power to kind of override everything, and that's generally not the CISO's role inside an organization. Their role is to you know, if, if something big and major happens from a security standpoint, they can then step in. But for the most part, their goal is to say, this is the standards that we're going to meet. These are the policies and procedures that we're going to put in. And then they're going to check and make sure that those standards are being upheld regularly, right, by um, by a security person who's in the organization. And they're going to, that's what their role is. Their role is to set the standards, um, keep those securities on a pace, fill out the documents for insurance companies and that kind of stuff, and make sure that um, you know, everything's kind of working right. It's weird that if you look at the bill that they tried to pass, they were trying to give the CISO um, for Suffolk County a lot more powers than is usually available. That's usually held for, you know, the commissioner or, or the, uh, the the chief information officer, um, who usually kind of really is the person who does the day-to-day work and the operational work. The CISO's job there is to really say, these are the standards that this organization is going to meet, and to keep an eye on those standards and what breaches might have happened, make really big decisions when they need to be made. You know, it's disgraceful as well in reading this that the county controller, John Kennedy, was never contacted, at least he said he he was never contacted by any of the staff or ACTA itself about this breach. I would think that is a massive violation. Um, isn't there something in play? I don't know if you'd know about it, Chris, directly, that requires a lot of these vendors to notify a controller's office upon the awareness of a breach. I, I would think that would be right off the bat. And when I read this, I was like, what? How could Kennedy not yes. be contacted here? So the the vendor who only has the obligation to notify whoever contracted them. Right, so if they weren't contracted with them, uh, the vendor is going to go to that group that um, they purchased the product through. You know who purchased the product through them, and they're going to notify them. And if you think Suffolk County, you know they're not going to each one of these different departments unless they're told. But it's even it's Suffolk County's responsibility to notify its people if one team gets notified and they have communication. These are your these are your policies and procedures. These are your plans that you put in place um, that happen if a disaster happens. Uh, these are the things that should be in place that, that tell you who has to get notified. Um, and if Kennedy wasn't notified, it's really another Suffolk County uh, fail, not Okta themselves. Okta is contracted with the county, not specifically well, Kennedy. I, no, I agree with you. And, whoops. With that being said, Chris, we still got you? Mm-hmm. We got you, right? I'm here. Okay. Yep. I accidentally, with my big elbows, I knocked something out. Um, so here's the bottom line. Here's the bottom line. This thing has taken way too long, even prior to this breach. This panel with the subpoena power and everything else. Uh, it's been a slow drag uh, beyond belief. you got a county executive out the door in three weeks, too. Um, well. And i got to tell you, I'm not thrilled. I'm not thrilled with what's going on here. We heard testimony, uh, key testimony from two individuals, as I mentioned. Uh, it's been a slow go. Now you got this. This county, exe- county executive is going to walk out the door unscathed. I'll tell you that much. Yep. Uh, yeah, and-, and that, to me, that to me is a disgrace. That to me is an absolute disgrace. Uh, one, you know, I, I look at it from, um, you know, there's not much we're going to do about it. They're waiting it out. Uh, no. I, I I know uh, Picarello personally. I know he's going to put together a good panel and and um, you know he's going to put together a good report. But 
from that report what happens. Uh, you know, in, in my estimation, it, it, I guess it doesn't really matter at this point. It's, it's let's fix it because we can spend all of our efforts going backwards. No, I understand. Uh, spinning our wheels. But uh, from my estimation, and, and you know, I think uh, I think uh, Ed's estimation also is that um, let's make it right, let's fix it all up, and uh, let's get Suffolk County the kind of IT that really deserves for the money it's spending. Right, listen, I agree with you. You got to look forward, no question about it. I'll tell you this: you're in great hands, I think, with Ed Romaine, with all the experience and everything else. He is uh, making this uh, a top priority, top priority, and he wants answers. I hope. I hope the CISO uh, gives him those answers So to make this transition uh, as smooth as possible here. I hope there's no dancing. I, mean, I, I hope there's, there's no uh, you know, a back and forth here. Just provide the answers, please, CISO. Well, provide you know, the answers. What, at, the problem has is in the Newsday article, it says that even though the letter was sent last week, that he hadn't received it yet. So... Um, maybe that's a failure on something. Well, the letter was sent November 27th, so let's let's give yeah. him to the end and of the, the week. Audit. Yeah, I give him to the end of the week, and if he doesn't provide some uh, some pertinent information here, uh, I'm going to get a little antsy. Okay, I'm going to get a little antsy. We'll see. <laughs> uh, I'm a man with very little patience to begin with, so I mean, I want answers. I want answers uh, because I want to know if this this could happen. Oh, listen. You still have three weeks to go before you have a full transition in play here. So uh, things could still happen here. I want to know what's going on. That's all. Uh, so we'll see. Chris Coluccio with us. Uh, spending a lot of time on this, folks. And by the way, 23andMe confirmed hackers stole, I was reading, Chris, uh, some of this uh, ancestry data. Uh, nearly 7 million yeah. users. My goodness. It happens all over. This is this is a big one because, you know, a lot of people put faith in this company to hold their data about their connections, their private, li- you know, their, their, their um, you know, it's one thing to lose a password. It's another thing to lose your DNA information. And it just, you know, it just shows us that we need to probably be a little bit more careful. Uh, I don't, these organizations, um, you know, they spend a lot of money and, and whether it was inside or outside, something went wrong. Uh, we give a lot of faith and a lot of our information to these organizations, and sometimes they don't take good care of it. And to lose that kind of data, but not just that data, you know, all of the, all of your, there was ancillary data that was connected to this. So they, the 6.1 million users, the data is probably much larger than that. Um, but there are a lot of users that all their DNA information is now available or was, you know, posted up there. And who knows what you do with that? Like, I don't even know exactly what you use it for at this point, but it doesn't sound like a good thing to me. So I think it's just, um, you know, I don't think we've come to grips with all of this, what we're putting out in the cloud and, and the, the privacy that we probably deserve a little bit better that, from these organizations and demanding better from them and standards that need to be set before we give these companies much more of our data, you know? Yeah, I agree. And I don't no know question how about it. With that, uh, it yeah, there, has, there has to be kind of an awakening, you know? Like, yeah. There has to be, all of us have to kind of understand a little bit more about, you know, uh, they, they, it's very novel to get all of this stuff, and it's really cool to see that, you know, part of your ancestry is from here or there or there's other places, but, you know, those novelties, they kind of get lost when there's no security. No question about it. Uh, Chris, with us a couple of minutes. Remain a lot of events coming to play, my friend. I want to highlight a few. Um, you've got the uh, Jingle and Mingle holiday party. Hey, why don't I get an invite to that? Uh, that is uh, Tuesday the 12th. 
uh, over at uh, Anthony's Cold Fire Pizza and Wings. That's uh, the NBA, right? Yeah, so MacArthur Business Alliance, you know, we're, we're, the, uh, we're the group that kind of covers the area around uh, MacArthur Airport, about 10-mile radius, and we're uh, lots of stuff going on in that area. It's one of the fastest-growing areas. It has more businesses um, than most people know about, and we're trying to bring all those businesses together, and this is just our holiday party to thank all of our members and uh, invite some new people out there to, to talk about what the NBA is doing. It's, it's been a wonderful ride with this organization. Um, you know, we, we, we've We've uh, put a lot of um, new vigor into it and uh, have a lot of new members. So uh, we just really uh, we're excited to um, you know be at Anthony's Coal Fire, which is just a you know great local place for us. Um, so yeah, if you're if you're interested, come down and understand about um, just how many great businesses there are around the airport that that we don't yep. you know we don't really know about. That's on Tuesday the 12th. Then you got the LI Tech for business, Future Tech for small business. Cutting-edge uh, technology is set to transform the uh, landscape uh, for the upcoming year. Uh, that's happening tomorrow morning, correct, over at the HILI? Yeah, yeah. So if you're, if you're in the area of the HIA, the uh, Long Island Tech for Business uh, Committee, which is part of uh, the, the HIA, um, they do a great event every year where they talk about, you know, all the kind of upcoming technologies that businesses should focus on and maybe they don't need to focus on, things like AI and virtual reality. Uh, they do a great event with that every year, um, just talking about, you know, what you should really focus on for your business when it comes to technologies, because we can all go kind of like, you know, we can get whiplash from kind of looking over here and looking over there, trying to figure out what our businesses need, because there's just so many new technologies coming out. So this is a good way to kind of get grounded for the new year. And a couple of events on the Chris's uh, Foundation. has a great foundation, the the Chris Ray Coluccio Foundation. You got uh, an event on the 16th. Uh, that's going to be a nice little fun deal. The Cocoa Community Fund Run, uh, and also on the 16th of next month, you got a public meeting, uh, including some of these districts. You got a Lego building event that's going to be fun too. The end of uh, January, uh, and you got the uh, ongoing uh, now through the sixth, right, Chris? The Coluccio Family Light Show. Uh, that's great, and a lot of the all the donations to mental health causes here. Uh, that's a nice group right there. Yeah, really excited about the Lego build. So if you're interested, this is one of the ones that our youth team came up with. They wanted to do something really cool. Um, you know, we have a youth directors group, and they came up with this Lego build event. So, And the uh, Bayport Blue Point High School is good enough to post us up. So we're going to be doing uh, four builds in an hour and a half, all with different contests and teams of, uh, you know, of two to four, where kids get to build up, and then we have, we'll have contests. Uh, at the end. So we're taking donations for Legos there. It's a free event for anybody who wants to join any of our youth events. Um, usually we try to do for free. So it'll be a wonderful. It's, I think it's something cool that not everybody's doing. We're trying to do something different than the, you know, the regular golf outings and those kind of stuff. And uh, so we're really excited about being able to do this in a really big event that, um, you know, something a little bit different that uh, gets parents and kids together. So it should be a fun, fun event. It should be. And it's for a wonderful wonderful cause that we don't concentrate enough on. Uh, Chris Coluccio, ladies and gentlemen. Chris Coluccio from the Great Tech Works Consulting. MakeTechWork.com. Check out the site. Any questions regarding anything uh, from a tech standpoint, computers, etc., etc., make a phone call uh, at 631-285-1527. Congratulations on your new role. And I'll tell you, uh, the new administration is in better hands with you uh, as far as uh, a, help, a helping hand is concerned. 
You stay well. We'll chat the next few. Thank you so much, my friend. Have a great day.